Detroit Today on 101.9 WDT. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for joining us. One of the government's best weapons against the spread of COVID-19 is its ability to trace that spread. But my next guest writes in this week's edition of Cranes Detroit Business that Michigan's contact tracing efforts are broken. And because they're broken, it's hard to trust the state's outbreak data as a result. Here to talk about that is Chad Livengood. He's a senior editor at Cranes Detroit Business. Chad, welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Stephen. So explain how contact tracing is broken here in Michigan. So because of the surge we saw starting in October and into uh, into all of November, um, the the capacity for local health departments and the state health department to call people, contact them, and then survey them about their close contacts and then turn around and call those people and inform them that they may have been exposed if they went to uh, Jack's Barbershop or, or Leon's uh, Bar. Um, that ability has been hampered by the sheer volume of the cases. So for the week of November 21st of Thanksgiving, uh, even with the holiday, um, there, there was 44,000 new cases of COVID and just 8,700, less than 20% were actually investigated fully. And the previous week, there was 45,000 cases and 9,800 or 22% of them got investigated yeah. on a statewide basis. And county health departments I talked to, particularly like Macomb, uh, uh, they, they say that they are just completely overwhelmed. And back on November 9th, the state, seeing how overwhelmed the counties were getting, they started. They, they issued an advisory. It was kind of quietly done, and they started telling the local health departments to prioritize individuals over 65 and under 22, so nursing homes and schools. And if you look at these weekly reports that are published on Mondays every week by the state, uh, lo and behold, uh, nursing homes and schools are the number one outbreak uh, uh, sites, uh, but that's because they're being prioritized first, and sometimes, uh, in some cases, they're the only uh, places that are being investigated uh, in some counties, uh, is what I'm being told now, uh, because they are so overwhelmed. So there is a, a vast swath of people between age 23 and 64 who may never even get contacted uh, in a contact and tra- trace investigation, or if they contract COVID, their their close contacts, even if they hand them over, they simply don't have the capacity and staff to to reach out to all of these people when you're dealing with 40,000, 50,000 cases a week of COVID. So, so this seems like a problem that was imminently predictable when they announced the idea of contact tracing, that, that at some point you would get a large number of people and cases to have to deal with. Is this a, just a question of not having prepared well enough for that? What, what, what's the reason that we are overwhelmed? Or is there, are there just too many cases to practically manage in, in, in any form? Yeah, when you build up these systems, I mean, I think there was sort of step back. We all kind of accept that America in general and Michigan in specific were, they were, we were wholly unprepared in our public health agencies. And there's a whole 
long story in history of the debate about that of just defunding public health. Um, you, know, you don't, you know, when you don't have a pandemic, you're not in a rush to go hire uh, people who can who, who can investigate, um, you know, a, an infectious disease and trace who it goes to. Um, but when, when it does hit you, all of a sudden you want to hire them. Uh, the, the state, to be sure, and counties have have hired numerous. I can't can't get a kind of a full accounting of it, but um, the, but they basically essentially quadrupled um, the the state's uh, uh, case uh, case investigators. They say they're adding more um, that they'll be on you know uh, trained this month or shifting people from within state government. I mean, there is some question about why back in March and April state government did not just start shifting all kinds of workers into contact tracing and unemployment uh, insurance mm-hmm. agency as far as you know the two main areas where government needed to deploy people um, and and so but it, but in the summer they had the capacity they were keeping up they say they were keeping up into September um, but when that's when that when those cases really started surging uh, upwards, uh, you know, unabated uh, in October and most of November until the governor's um, recent uh, um, shutdown orders. Um, th- this was just completely out of control. And by no- by November 9th, they you know they had acknowledged that by telling people, telling the local health departments to start uh, prioritizing um, the oldest and the youngest. Um, and and that also you know tra- you know corresponds with with what we're seeing in the deaths right now. Right now, 91% of the deaths are people over 60. Um, so we, there, we are, um, you know, that's why there's such a focus, obviously, on people, uh, older people, that they're trying to, to get to them and find out who their contacts were so they can work down the line. But you know, I've heard, you know, stories, uh, you know, from people that, uh, um, um, that were exposed to someone who never got contacted, or you hear all kinds of, the anecdotes uh, last week there was a, uh, a state house hearing and this came up and um, a, rep- a representative from the west side of the state said that um, a constituent contacted her and said that she got contacted uh, for contact tracing on the 14th day after exposure well wow. obviously that's kind of a little bit late that's late that's very late yes uh, if you want to join the conversation i'm talking with chad Livengood, senior editor at cranes detroit business uh, about contact tracing here in the state of michigan uh, do you trust that the state is doing the right things to protect us from the spread of the coronavirus, including contact tracing. Uh, We'd especially love to hear from you if you're involved in any way with the contact tracing efforts or if you've been contacted by contact tracers due to possible exposure. What kinds of things are you doing to protect yourself? Uh, Have you downloaded the state's new contact tracing app, My COVID Alert? Uh, Why or why not? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Sam on Twitter says, they have asked for volunteers to contact Trace, and you don't get a call back. Uh, it sounds uh, very much like the the situation that... Chad Livengood is describing here where they are just really, really overwhelmed. Let's go to Ruby in West Bloomfield. Ruby, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, I have something, a story that's related to this because it's, it's been a very concerning issue. 
I work at the Great Big Blue blo- uh, Box Store of Swedish Persuasion mm-hmm. in Canton, mm-hmm. and they have such an excellent plan in place to protect employees and customers. They have social distancing officers who patrol the store, but bear in mind, this is like a 300,000-square-foot store. So our minimum or our maximum amount of customers is 1,500. So that's a lot of people. And I wanted to share an experience I had yesterday. Uh, I was, I, I was uh, working as a cashier and had a long, long line, and people were crowding forward as though this was, you know, last December and no one had ever heard of COVID. And after three times stepping out and saying, everybody, please step back, um, and nobody listening to me, I finally had to, little five-foot-one me, yell at an entire line of people and say, look, if you don't back away from each other, I'm shutting this line down, and you can all go back to the back of the line. Hmm. And so what's frustrating is, despite all of the wonderful plans in place, my question is, how do you reach the public? How do you convince the public that we know you're sick of these these restrictions? We're all sick of these restrictions. Right. Um, why do people have to lower their masks to insert their credit card into the card reader? That makes no sense to me. Um, it, 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 people just need to be aware of how their behavior is affecting everyone around them. And I find it really interesting like how on earth could you do contact tracing in a situation like this? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question, uh, Ruby. I, I I don't know the answer. Uh, what I fear is that state f- officials don't know the answer either, and that's that's one of the the problems. Chad, I'll I'll let you respond to what she's saying though. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the idea that we can pinpoint where we got the virus is kind of impossible unless you have been in complete isolation and you only went to one store and that was the only place you went in a 14-day period, uh, that's about the only, and that's the only person you saw in a 14-day period, that's about the only scenario where you could basically prove that you, that's where I got the virus. And so that's why, you know, you have, you'll have these investigations where people write out and keep all this record. I, I know of a situation involving my own father where he was, he got a haircut uh, from a barber who ended up having an outbreak uh, in his chain of barber shops among multiple barbers, um, and and so he ended up quarantining and getting tested and finally uh, got a negative test, but it went on for about you know nine days, and uh, he never got contacted, and he's over sixty five, um, and and uh, and 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 there even though the barber shop is required by the state to keep all these records of who got. A haircut, when and 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 what time, uh, in order to in order to help facilitate those uh, contact tracing investigations, um, and that's in Washtenaw County. Um, and so it, it, this is pretty prevalent everywhere, uh, where you know it's very hard to you know to try to pinpoint this, and it's also hard to deal with all these different uh, human behaviors, like pulling the mask down to. Um, uh, to to put the card into the chip reader, which yeah. I've seen before as well. <laughs> right, right. Uh, again, Ruby, thanks very much for the call uh, and sh- and for sharing your experience with us. Let's go to Alex in Gross Point. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, so I guess to keep my comment pretty brief, 
Um, I think that the, the core problem with a contact tracing app is that it re- the onus is on the patient or the person who's getting tested to then report their positive result. And so I, I, I find it kind of, um, kind of hard to believe that somebody would remember in the stress of finding out they're positive that, to go and hit that button in the app. Now, a, a great solution is that we already have apps on a lot of phones for MyChart, which is a product made by Epic, a hospital um, electronic medical record system. We have apps like that which already give people their test results for a number of things, um, whether it be the flu or COVID-19. And so it'd be great if, that, if those apps could talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a fundamental privacy issue. And we're kind of, uh, it's kind of like the wrong thing to be private about. We, we, we look at countries, or sorry, continents like Europe and countries in Eastern Asia that laugh at us for like our core American values of privacy. We're being private about the wrong things. Like we're really private about our healthcare, but like, God forbid, you know, somebody want to sell your data, we'll go for it. Um, and in Europe, it's, it's just the opposite. Like contact tracing, I feel like they have much more success with that because there isn't as much of a um, instilled fear about privacy of healthcare information. And then they also have laws like the right to be forgotten on the internet. So it's it's um, it's curious to me that like this that anybody thought that this would work as successfully as they thought it did it would excuse mm. me um, because it's just not going to happen like if I got yeah. if I got a result for being positive yeah I might remember to go hit that button yeah. but then maybe I didn't have my phone on me when I went out you right. know I, I, I do forget my phone so I, you know Alex I I I think that is that is a really interesting wrinkle and and I'm not sure what the I'm not sure what the solution is there either. I want to quickly get another voice in here. Uh, Emily in Novi, we've only got about two minutes left, but I wanted to get you in. Hi, good morning. Hi. Um, So I uh, work as a volunteer manager, attempt manager um, on a contact tracing campaign. Mm -hmm. So um, in the beginning, what I did was um, outreach, and I just spoke to people who varied from, yes, we're doing everything possible to, this is just the flu. And just, I think the main thing is some people are so set in their ways about whether or not this is actually a valid concern that it's like talking to a wall. And there's, uh, we, um, I, Emily, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but we're, we're going to run out of time here and I want to get Chad Livingood to respond uh, to your to your comments, uh, but but thank you very much for the call, uh, Chad. Respond to both uh, Emily and Alex about uh, about how difficult all of this is to make work. Yeah, just one point on the on the app. As of last Tuesday, there were four hundred two thousand downloads of that app in Michigan. Wow, the My COVID Alert app, mm-hmm. and it started as a pilot in East Lansing with Michigan State students, and now has been expanded statewide. But through through Tuesday, uh, or maybe it was through, through Wednesday morning, uh, the data I have from DHHS says that, that there have been 180 notifications of close contacts. So of, of that 400,000 people, just a real small fraction of them um, have led to a notification, and, and 180 um, is is essentially um, not even an hour of COVID uh, results of COVID uh, uh, positive, positive yeah. um, uh, infections in Michigan right now. Yeah. Okay. Chad Livengood, Senior Editor at Cranes Detroit Business. It is always wonderful to have you here with us. Thanks for coming by.
That's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow when we're going to get an update on the state of school, students, and teachers with University of Michigan School of Education Dean Elizabeth Moji. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.